better watch out, we better not cry, we better not pout. We know next to nothing about this person, but he has apparently been conducting round-the-clock surveillance in our lives. And once a year, he creeps down a chimney, or I don't know, maybe in Singapore, he climbs up from our toilet bowls, I don't know, and he gives us a present. Honestly, if we spend five seconds thinking about this figure rationally, we would conclude, or we should conclude, or I hope we conclude, that he is a deeply creepy individual. <laughs> In fact, if Christmas were about him, there wouldn't be any reason to celebrate. Christmas would be a deeply pressurizing time of year where everything that we have done for the year past comes before us in some day of reckoning and we find out if we have been naughty or nice. And we would never entertain the thought of believing in Him. We wouldn't want to. The problem is, my friends, that sometimes we think about God in the same way we think about Santa Claus. See, there's a reason that millions of people all around the world grow up, all of us here included, we examine the facts and we decide to stop believing in Santa. But at the same time, millions of people around the world grow up, examine the facts and call themselves Christian. They believe in this God. And this person of Christ, this baby born 2,000 years ago in a town called Bethlehem, is what Christmas is truly all about. He is not some distant figure who we do not know. He is the God who showed up in our time and space. He's not a God who simply gives presents. He offers the gift of Himself. He doesn't simply reward the good. He forgives those who are bad. He doesn't just want those who are whole. He draws near to those who are broken. This God doesn't look at status. He reaches out to the lowly. He does not leave us alone. He draws close and He longs to bring us home. This is the person that Christmas is truly about. And so today we want to invite you on this journey with us to explore the nativity scene. This scene that we see along Orchard Road, that we see in decorations, we see in paintings. But beyond decorations and beyond paintings, this scene represents something a little bit different. That today, through stories, through songs, through a short little sharing, we hope that we can all find new significance in the various elements of this scene that will speak into your life and show you that God is Emmanuel, God is with us. We begin our journey by looking at the star.
the gospel according to Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when he rose went ahead of them until he stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. The star reminds us of how God leads us to him. Hello everyone, I'm Anson, I'm 17, and I made the decision to be baptised this year. My parents aren't Christians, and so I wasn't brought up as one. However, when I was about five, I was unknowingly enrolled into a Christian kindergarten where I first learned about Jesus. At the same time, my grand-aunt started telling me Bible stories whenever she would come over and take care of me. It was through these stories and the fun videos shown at kindergarten that I was first introduced to Christianity. A few years later, in primary three, I was invited by my friend to his church. I was excited as I had never actually went to church before, despite always believing in Jesus since I was in kindergarten. There, I attended my first service and learned that most good Christians spend their weekends praising God and attending church. But I did not yet choose to give my life to Him. Fast forward another few years, and Christ will continue to lead me on a journey in ways that I didn't even realize. When choosing my secondary school, I had no idea that I chose a Christian secondary school in Anglican High and that the CCA I chose, West Brigade, was also a Christian CCA. In my time in Anglican High, I experienced morning devotions, expressions, and I heard Joseph laughing from one end of the school to the other. In Boys Brigade, I had Christian education, which taught me more about Christianity. However, throughout my secondary school life, I never went to church consistently and would only randomly come to All Saints every month or so. This would change, however, when in April of this year, a friend of mine invited me to his church. This time, I was going to church more consistently and soon I was in a cell group with him. I went to this church for about three months, but something in me didn't feel right. I always believed in Jesus, and I always wanted to be baptised. But a part of me felt that something was off and I should be baptised elsewhere. So I followed my gut, and I came back to All Saints, a place where I felt was like home. Here, I started attending service regularly and started reading my Bible daily. After attending service here more and more and interacting with the people here, I decided that I will be baptized here. So on the 24th of September this year, All Saints held a baptism service and I was baptized. And later on the 29th of October, I was confirmed as an Anglican. Looking back now, I can see how God was always leading me to Him. And I can see how God was constantly popping up in my life and inviting me to spend time with Him. From the friends I made that kept inviting me to church, to me unintentionally choosing a Christian school and CCA, it's clear that God has been calling me back to Him time and time again. And I'm happy to finally be baptized and confirmed, and I'm very grateful that I can call this church mine. This is how God led me to Him. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. And they were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
The shepherd reminds us of how God reached out to the lowly. Praise God. Shalom, brother and sister. In Christ, my name is Irwan. I came to All Saint Church about two years ago. Thank you for everyone for this opportunity to share my testimony. Last time, I left my family and my house. I went to Burma. I wanted to practice Buddhist meditation and was even ordained as a permanent monk. But the Almighty God has other plans to me. God reached out to me and changed me. After seven months in Burma, my sister called to tell about her daughter problem. I prayed to God and felt his holy presence. I could also feel his peace. I wanted to follow this God of peace. I was willing to give him my heart, my life, to receive guidance from God. This was my turning point to have a communication with God in his presence. He really guided me in every way. In the first month, he filled me with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gave me strength and guided me. I started praying, fasting, singing, praise to God, read Bible, even pray and singing in tongue language, listening sermon daily. Also, I can feel my faith increasing and the Spirit of God leading me. Uh, one day, it's like I feel the water moving in my chest. The faith gives me joy. And also on the second and third month, I learned to listen to God's voice. While reading the Bible, I experienced the God talking to me, even in the daily. And also the Word of God came alive, strengthening me. The Holy Spirit will always remind me to read the Bible and pray every day. I love to be in the presence of God. Our God is a living God, and we can experience Him through reading the Bible and have a personal relationship with Him. Two years ago, on 27 December, the Lord led me to this church through my work as a grape delivery man. Since then, I have been working with God daily. I hope and pray for all of us here to grow and have a good relationship with God every day. Here is the first of promise from God about experiencing His presence in John 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Cry. 
is precious in His sight because of His great love. He gave His only Son. Everything was done so you would come. Nothing you the door because of all great love he gave his only son everything was done so you would come come to the father though your give is more broken heart broken lives he will take them all the power of the word the power of his blood everything was done so you would The Gospel according to Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy to all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. The angels remind us how God speaks to into our life. And God speaks in many ways. This is a story of how God has spoken to me through His Word. And good evening to all. My name is Alan. I would like to share with you how God led me to All Saints English. About six years ago, God told, I told God that I would spend the rest of my time serving Him. After I've graduated from my theological college, I worked in Holland Village Methodist Church for two years. And this year, May, I left Holland Village Methodist and was seeking God to guide me to another place I could serve Him. I thought since God can serve, I can serve God in any way, whether full-time or voluntary, I applied jobs, not only in churches, but also in the secular where I came from. 
Well, two months went by without any response. So I asked God, what is happening? You know, and the word of God came to me and said, wait. It sounds familiar. Another month went by, and there was also no response, even though I continued to apply to many jobs. And then I pray and ask God again, and he said, wait. Then one day, my wife told me, hey, All Saints English is looking for somebody to take up the pastoral role. So I hesitated because of distance, you know. For those of you who didn't know, I'm actually staying in Jurong, and I don't drive. <laughs> I applied anyway, even though my friend says, it's crazy. Well, truly all applications were closed, except All Saints. And Pastor Darren called me for an interview. And so here I am, you know, and I seek God, I say, God, what do you want me to do here? And recently, I received a word from God again. And this time, it's not wait. Okay? And it is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 to 16. Let me read that to you. It says, Let no one look down on your youthfulness. Sorry, I'm not young. But in ministry, I'm really young. Okay? But rather in speech, conduct and love and faith and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Until I come, okay, I'm thinking, okay, that is supposed to be what Paul was telling Timothy, until I come. Then I'm thinking, until I come, if, until God's come, oh no. He says, give attention to public reading of scriptures and to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gifts within you, which was bestowed upon you. Take pain with these things and be absorbed in them, so that your progress will be evident to all. And pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. And as for you, if you do this, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. I see this as a mandate for regardless to which church God has placed me in this season. And I am to keep this mandate until Christ come again. And this is how God spoke to me through His Word. Thank you. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. While they were there, time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. The manger reminds us how God meets us where we are. I'm Isaiah, and this is how God reached out to me. All my life, I've been feeling ashamed, ashamed of everything about myself, not being able to be my authentic self in front of others. 
I struggled with social anxiety, often feeling anxious, depressed, and low in confidence. I felt like I had to be good enough for my peers, good enough for my friends to accept. I spent my whole life being obsessed with the number of likes to the amount of friends I have. If only I was more extroverted. If only, if only I had more money. If only I was more handsome. Those, those thoughts uh, overwhelm me. Okay, one of the things that I like is to create art. But up until recently, I haven't been making enough art as compared to the time where I was a kid. This year, my mentor, Dean, who I admired as a role model, invited me to join the Angelico Art Competition, which is a Christian art competition, and the team was joyful in hope. I saw this as my opportunity to make art that is genuine. Thinking back on my own journey, I came up with this art piece. Um, this artwork is really about the darkness of the materialistic lifestyle that had burdened me and shattered my soul and destroyed my self-worth. But when I saw the far distant light of God shining through, I found joy in worshipping the Lord through music. Since young, I really loved playing the piano, but I didn't really have the chance to learn. And I was so thankful last year that my youth pastor asked me what instrument would I like to learn as the church was willing to sponsor. I felt that hope and joy that I can finally fulfill my childhood dream of learning the piano. The reason why I illustrate the piano keys as a flight of is to show that life is a journey. The black and white keys represents the good and bad. And what keeps me going is to express myself to God and experience the comfort in His presence as I walk closer to God's hope. All my artwork for the early competition managed to capture the hearts of the judges and that I won the first place in the youth category. I feel... I, I feel truly blessed to share my faith with people through the talents that God has blessed me with. I really felt true joy and I was able to up myself. This really helps me to acknowledge myself both good and bad. I don't have to feel like one. And that and that even if I'm not the only one in my struggles, and that others struggle too, even if they don't show it. Through my journey, I learned that God never left me, and He met me where I am, in spite of the countless times I've forgotten about Him. This is how God showed that He is with me.
child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap sleeping whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch out sleeping this this our Christ our King whom shepherds God and angels sing haste haste to bring him Lord the babe the son of Mary Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The climax of the whole nativity scene comes not in a bang, not in a boom, but in the birth of an innocent baby boy. From the stories that we have heard earlier of how God led and sent to him all throughout his life, different seeds were being planted. From Erwan's story of how he was once a monk, but he came and he found the Lord. To Alan's story of how God continues to speak through his word, and how Isaiah's story reminds us that God meets us where we are, all these stories come together in the truth, in the reality, in the wonderful birth of a baby boy 2,000 years ago. And when we think of wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, maybe we picture a strong, mighty warrior. We picture like King Aragorn in Lord of the Rings or Jake Sully in Avatar, The Way of Water or Thor in The Avengers, although he's more like a joke now. But yet, the verse is fulfilled, not through some strong person, at least initially, but is fulfilled through a child. For to us, a child is born. Which begs the question, why a child? Why a baby? Why is the identity of the saviour of the world found in a baby? Well, the identity of the child speaks to the very nature of the character of God. That this God whom we think about, this God whom we approach, He does not operate like this world does that Jesus Christ was so far away from what the world would, ex would expect of a king. In fact, history tells us that Jesus' family, when Jesus' life was under threat, they would run away and take refuge in a town called Nazareth. And Nazareth was of such disrepute that in the Bible, in the Gospel of John, it is recorded that when a character in the Bible was introduced to Jesus, who said he's from, and they said Jesus was from Nazareth, his reaction was this, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? 
But through the whole Bible, time and time again, this is exactly how God moved. When God was choosing His favoured nation, it was not Babylon, Egypt, Rome, or the powers of the day, but it was tiny old Israel. When the nation of Israel needed a saviour to save them, to take down Goliath, it was not a great warrior, but a young shepherd boy who took down the giant. When God spoke to Elijah in the cave, it was not in an earthquake, not in the wind, not in the fire, but in a still, small voice. So it should come as no surprise that God decides to save through a child. And this runs right against how the world that we live in operates. But if we thought about that for a little while, that is freeing truth. That is freeing truth. That in a world that chases after power, glory, money, and status, God says, no matter what you have achieved in this world, I still love you. That in the face of us from a very young age being told, PSLE result not good, you go and take a lower course. At work, performance not good, no money, no bonus. Got fired, you better be able to justify that to your next employer or else good luck trying to find a job. You made a mistake, that's going to count against you for the rest of your life. And in the face of the pressures of the world, in the, in the world that says, prove yourself, God looks at us and He sees something different. God looks at us with a father's heart and He says, child, I love you. He looks at each and every single one of us, forgetting what we may have done before, forgetting the wrong that we may have done. And He says, my son, my daughter, I love you. If we thought about this, this is grace at the deepest level. That we don't need to run this rat race and prove ourselves as the biggest rat. We can put away the pressure to perform, the stress to succeed, the need to prove a point, and simply come back to God who sees us as His children. The identity of this Christ child also tells us this. It reminds us of fulfillment. The words written that we read earlier in Isaiah about to us a child is born, they were written about 700 years before the birth of Christ. 700 years is a long time. But through all that time, it may seem like God had forgotten about His people. It may seem like He had left us alone. In fact, there were 400 years of silence in between when God didn't even send a messenger. But years and years later, God came through. God sent His Son. And that in itself is comforting, that God always comes true. As one children's song puts it, He is strong and He is great. He's sometimes early, but He's never late. Jesus is the reason I sing. See, God's timeline is not our timeline. And maybe there are some of us here who are waiting for something to happen in our lives. We have been waiting and searching and looking and wondering and pondering and trying to find 
greater satisfaction. Maybe we see the people around us who for days and weeks and months, they seem more successful. And as time goes by, we feel like we are forgotten. But the birth of this Christ child reminds us that God may take His time, but God will keep His word. God may take His time, but God will keep His word. He longs for each of us to come back to Him, to rest in that promise that He is our God who is great. He is our God who will keep His word and who is never late. But when we think about this identity of a child a little bit more, it sounds merry and good, but the identity also poses an issue. We're thinking to ourselves, sure, this child is great. What do we do now? The answer is in a seven-letter word that starts with the letter B, as in belief. And maybe the moment that thought enters our mind, we say, what? Belief in a child? In a baby that I don't see? But that right there captures the tension that the Christ child brings about. That this Christ child, the identity, the fact that he is an innocent child, poses an issue within us that needs to be resolved. In Luke 2 verses 34 to 35, this is what it said, says rather. Then Simeon blessed him and said to his mother Mary, Behold, this child is appointed to cause the rise and fall of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul as well. Because there is a seriousness to the message of Christmas. That Christ, who is the God of promise, who reaches out to the lowly, equally He speaks into our souls. He reaches into our heart of hearts. That if we looked at that innocent little boy, who was born 2,000 years ago, as we look at that child and we search our lives, we know that we don't approach the purity that this child has. When we take a look at this baby boy, we see innocence, we see purity, we even see holiness. And if we were honest with ourselves, we know that we are not at that level. That we are not worthy of a God who is so great. We just need to take a look around us and see war, greed, desire for power, broken families, tension, tension, tension. And we ask ourselves, why? The Bible offers an answer to that. That in this story of Christ in the biblical narrative, the king of that time, King Herod, when he heard that this little Christ child was born, who could maybe be a threat to his power, he tried to kill baby Jesus. He tried to have him murdered. Such was his desperation that he actually called for the murder of any boy under the age of two, just so that he could make himself certain that he got that child. 
That sounds very cruel. But if we reflected on what that represented for just a little while, if we reflected on what that represents, to quote preacher Timothy Keller, perhaps there is a little Herod in all of us. How? When we try to protect what we have, not in a healthy way, but in an unhealthy way, when we lash out at others, when we think someone is a threat to us, whether that's in a friendship, in a relationship, in our marriages, in our workplace, we try and attack in some way or another. It all points to the sin that is within all of us. That when we think about the imperfection of the world, we may think that all the imperfection lies in one, a desperate need for power, or two, immorality. But the central thing that links those two ideas together is actually the idea of selfishness. The idea that in each of us, if we ask ourselves deep down, there is a selfish nature that is at work, a selfish nature that is at hand. And this is what the Bible calls sin. And this Christ child, this God made flesh, the innocence of this little boy born 2,000 years ago confronts this sin. Where within us, we know if we ask ourselves that we are not worthy to have him as king. But the birth of this Christ child is God's grace to us. Through Him, He opens a way back, a way out of our selfish nature, a way out of this that we are being trapped in. He provides the way of repentance, which simply means to acknowledge our wrong and have a desire to change. It doesn't call us to immediate perfection that is beyond us, but it calls us to have courage enough to look within ourselves and realize that we have been selfish and realize that we need to go back to God because there is a change that only His love can bring. The identity of the Christ child is beautiful, but the identity poses an issue. However, the issue brings about an invitation. That this innocent child presents us with an approachable God. That no matter in our lives, in the weeks and months and years past, how we have been, no matter how unfaithful we have been, no matter what struggles we may face, no matter how weak, how unstable, how alone, how fearful, how broken we may be, this Christmas season, God invites us. Maybe we have done things that we have regretted as we take a moment and look back. Maybe we think about the actions in our years past and we see things that we should have said. We see the people that we should have cared for, the people that we failed to love, our friends who we didn't care enough for, our family who we didn't spend enough time with, all those things come to mind and we know that we are not perfect. 
we are struck by just how selfish we have been. But in this Christmas season, as we listen to the stories and are drawn back to that baby boy, he is the reason for this season. That he is our God who loves. That we have a God who loves us enough that all through our life, he is like a star that is bringing us home. We have a God who loves us enough that no matter how far away we think we have run from Him, He comes and reaches out to us even when we feel like outcasts. He reaches out and invites us back in. We have a God who through every season speaks into our lives and gives us a message. We have a God who meets us right where we are, no matter how troubled, broken, or frazzled we may be. And He brings a message of rest and peace. That Christmas is a season of giving. And the greatest gift that we can receive comes from a baby who leads us straight to the cross. The greatest gift of the season is not in the material blessings that we may receive, but a gift that leads us straight to the cross. No matter who you are or what you have done, this Christmas season, God invites you.
Maybe just accompanies us on the piano. I'm just going to invite us to just spend a little bit of time just reflecting on this Christmas season past. And perhaps some of us here who the message that we have heard today we feel that need to come back to God maybe for some of us here we've known God before but through the whole time just been sensing and knowing that we've been drifting away from Him. His first call is going to go out to you. There's going to be no drama, no asking you to stand up, asking you to leave your seats, nothing like that. But perhaps God is speaking to you right now. this moment between you and God if that is you just right where you are on the count of three I want you to raise your hand to raise your hand first and foremost between you and God but also pastors and leaders who are here will become will, we would love to pray with you after the service is over so if this is you if you feel like you have been drifting you feel like this Christmas you would like to rededicate your life to God it doesn't matter you've been a Christian for 10 years 15 years 40 years 12 years it doesn't matter but there's a tongue in your heart right now sense you want to give your life fresh to Jesus Christ on the count of three just invite you to raise your hand one two three just keep your hand raised where they are Tell God right where you are now. 
holiness together. God, we just pray. And Lord, you come and you meet us afresh. We're going to come back to you today during this Christmas season. Lord, we want to encounter you afresh. We know your love is true for your love, but your love for us is real. We love you, Lord. Forgive us for what we have done. Let us come back to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second call, maybe there's some of us here who... We've heard this message today for the first time. Or we've been hearing God lead us in different ways, lead us in various ways. But we have never yet prayed a prayer that say that we want to give, that you want to give your life to God. We have not yet prayed a prayer that says, God, I want to acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. Again, if that is you, on the count of three, on the count of three, just raise your hands to say, God, I choose you. To say, God, I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. On the count of three. One, two, three. Just lift your hands to God if that's you. Just lift your hands to God if that's you. the whole congregation pray this prayer on the screen together we're just going to all pray it together it doesn't matter if you haven't raised your hands if you haven't physically responded by your heart of hearts you would like to respond we're going to pray this together as one congregation and if you have responded after the service we'll be inviting you to just stay behind we'd love to have a chat with you would love to get to know you a little bit more so it doesn't matter if you didn't raise your hands now you can just pop slip out to the side find any of us after the service is over we're going to pray this together as a congregation it's line by line we'll just pray this together one two three dear lord jesus i know that i'm a sinner and i ask for your forgiveness I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a clap offering. Um, so, for the remaining about 20 minutes of the service, I know it's been very reflective, so we're going to have some fun. Okay, we're going to have some fun. We're going to celebrate Christmas with joy, with laughter, with peace. I invite Ken and the band to come back up and join us. Um, and we're just going to sing some Christmas carols together. Is that good? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's stand um, for this first part. As the, we're going to be passing the offertory back around. 
at this first portion, if you're a newcomer, offering is something that we do to worship God. It's something that we do as a form of worship. Just pass the bag down to the person next to you if you would not like to give, okay? Other than that, we're going to have some fun and we're going to sing together. Over to you, Ken. All right, my band, whenever you're ready. Here we go. Long time ago, ago in Bethlehem, so the Holy Bible says, Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. All together now. Out the hill, the angels sing, a new king's born today. And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day.
joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let us receive a king. Okay, we're going to try that one more time. <laughs> Let's go join the world. <laughs> Oh 
to go around, wish everyone a Merry Christmas, okay? Sounds good? Good plan? Okay. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my outside for some time and fun. If you would like prayer, you can come to the front. Otherwise, enjoy. Enjoy. 